0: Stop me if this setting sounds familiar to you. A clean, softly lit conference room is set up with tables and a square, a light breakfast platter and a large coffee carafe sit out on the credenza. Pleasantries are exchanged along with business cards as everyone gets settled, you can hear the slight muffle of a dial-in line. All in all, a pretty ordinary business meeting setting. But the meeting I want to talk about today was anything but ordinary. For one, the guests weren't your ordinary guests. On one side of the table sat reporters from some of the nation's biggest financial news outlets. Politico, Bloomberg, Reuters, Forbes. On another side were representatives from some of the biggest non-bank companies in the world. We're talking about PayPal, Western Union, SoFi... And filling out the rest of the room were these companies' regulators who, and this might surprise you, are in fact not from Washington, D.C., but from state agencies all over the country. Georgia and Nebraska were proudly represented in the room. And most unordinary of all, the regulators and regulated had come together to share a list of recommendations and initiatives that once implemented could change the future of non-bank finance and supervision for decades to come. Or to explain it as Andrea Doncor from PayPal put it,
1: I don't think we can overstate the importance of your question with how significant this is. I don't think we can overstate just how significant this is. And, and if we're being very practical, depending on the organization, things like harmonization of what's a cash or cash equivalent could be a realization of hundreds of of millions of dollars, right, depending on your volumes and your you know and, and the type of business you engage in. So I don't think it can be understated or overstated rather, just how significant this type of effort is in, in creating operational efficiencies for organizations.
0: Today we explore ways states work together to handle the behemoth task of supervising America's diverse financial system, how those same regulators try to engage with the regulated in a balanced, fair way and, using this one example from just last week, how those efforts can lead to something bigger. I'm Matt Longacre, and this is Simply State. All across the country, Tens of thousands of non-bank financial companies are operating on a daily basis. Debt collection companies, money transmission companies, mortgage and lending companies are engaging in trillions of dollars of transactions each and every year. And as for supervision, states are and always have been the primary regulators of non-banks and fintechs. And they're committed to this delicate balance of fostering the innovation of fintech companies while still protecting consumers from new predatory products and services. So this means that state regulators must both be cooperative and adaptive to a rapidly changing and rapidly growing system. But with new technologies come unique obstacles. Many of these non-bank companies embracing the role of the internet and emerging tech, have labeled themselves as fintechs. And they're oftentimes operating in several states simultaneously, issuing loans and transferring money to consumers all over the country. So to address this, the states came together through CSBS and launched an initiative to modernize state supervision to better reflect the rapid changes of the nation's financial system. That initiative is known as Vision 2020. That brings me back to just last week, the meeting we were talking about before. Part of Vision 2020 is a group of state regulators working alongside and listening to industry participants. They've named that initiative the uh, FinTech Industry Advisory Panel, and After over 100 hours of meetings, the advisory panel came up with a list of 14 recommendations for improving the efficiency of the state supervisory system. State regulators approved most of those recommendations from implementation, and so all of them gathered with reporters on Thursday to discuss this development. To get a better understanding of what this all means and why it's a big deal, I sat down with CSBS president and CEO, John Ryan, for more details. Uh, we just had a meeting uh, with uh, members of the fintech industry, uh, pretty interesting stuff, uh, and uh, I just want to get a little a bit of your perspective on how we got to that meeting. What precipitated to get us uh, in a room with reporters from a lot of different major papers and uh, with members of the industry and with regulators all
2: at one table? Thanks, Matt. Uh, The uh, Conference of State Bank Supervisors, while we're the organization of 50 state banking regulators, uh, most, if not almost all, of those state regulators uh, supervise a whole range of non-depository activities. And the states have been focused through CSBS uh, on improving supervision of the non-bank sector. This really started um, uh, in the late 90s and early 2000s with um, predatory lending and a desire to uh, uh, work together to address predatory practices. And it's evolved from there. Uh, But uh, most recently, uh, the the state system has been uh, stressed this multi-state system, 50 sovereigns, uh, by the rapid growth, what technology has enabled, platforms to operate not just on nationwide, but even a global basis, and to work within that system. The, the state system is the system of non-bank uh, supervision. And uh, there was a recognition that we needed to adapt to the changes that were happening in the world, the ability to deliver uh, new products and services or existing products and services effectively and efficiently uh, through um, uh, the web. So, uh, it's those strains uh, on the system and the states already have, s- having set a foundation to work together that uh, had us uh, launch our Vision 2020, which is to not think of this non-bank system as one of 50 separate sovereigns, but... 50 separate sovereigns who also function as a system, who look collectively at consumer protection, who look collectively at a robust financial system, who look collectively at safety and soundness of multi-state operators. Um, uh, so that, that's what got us here. It was uh, this evolution of our role in non-bank supervision, the pressures that we've been experiencing to modernize our state system, to reflect how products and services are being delivered, that had us launch our Vision 2020. And today's event was really an important uh, uh, benchmark or goal post in uh, in our Vision 2020. Our Vision 2020 was a more seamless system of supervision. We invited in, and that's where we got the FinTech Industry Advisory Panel. We wanted to hear from various affected constituencies, uh, and the industry was one of those. We wanted to hear from consumer groups, industry, uh, others about how we improve the state system of supervision uh, while not just maintaining but enhancing consumer protection and enhancing uh, the safety and soundness of our financial. So there are a whole range of things that have come out of uh, this project.
0: Yeah, that's really interesting. So what really struck me about uh, when we were sitting in that room was it seemed like each person from the industry at some point in time encouraged more use of NMLS.
1: We recommend end-to-end adoption and use of the NMLS technology platform.
0: that The states um, should use NMLS exclusively for licensing. Uh, can you tell me a little bit about what NMLS is and, um, and talk a little bit about how perceptions have changed some since its initial launch? Because I remember when the mortgage industry first came on it, uh, they were pretty hesitant to use the system. And now it kind of sounds like people in the industry really would love for more use of it.
2: Yeah, that has been an interesting evolution. There was resistance to uh, uh, the states coming together and adopting uh, the NMLS and even industry efforts that tried to block state adoption, state-by-state, Adoption of NMLS, and then there was a federal effort that kind of blessed the NMLS and creating it as a nationwide uh, system. So changes in federal law, and the the industry wasn't uh, uh, initially on board, but now uh, you hear you know nothing's ever perfect, but you hear. Um, uh, a lot of positive feedback from the mortgage industry on NMLS. How it's evolved is, uh, even in the name itself, you can see that evolution. It started off as the Nationwide Mortgage Licensing System. Uh, now it is the because we didn't want to change uh, all that uh, uh, station that uh, you know digital stationery. We, <laughs> uh, 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 we adapted the name uh, to the nationwide multi-state licensing system that accommodates not just mortgage uh, originator licensing or mortgage company licensing or mortgage servicer licensing, but a whole. A range of other areas, and this is where there's a lot of fintech activity uh, around um, uh, payments. Uh, so this is uh, you know movement of money um, uh, outside the banking system. Uh, uh, you know your Venmo, your PayPal uh, to your Western Union uh, to uh, to lending, and uh, this is. Uh, Consumer lending principally, so non bank consumer lending. Uh, there are also many other license types that uh, the states are using um, to have a, uh, a uniform platform for their licensing and supervision. So that's been the, the evolution of the NMLS. And it, it was intended to, there were two goals. So it was to create greater accountability in the mortgage industry. And um, uh, and and the ability that accountability would be facilitated through um, uh, states having access to the same information and effectively being able to communicate with each other, and uh, and greater efficiencies.
0: Yeah, and uh, yeah, that that just really struck me as as an interesting development because um, I remember even just you know five or six years ago people having some. Hesitance about about using the system, and now that it's expanded, that everyone seems to see it as
2: the solution of choice. So, uh, something I think is important to point out: some can see Vision 2020 as uh, interchangeable with NMLS, and that's not the the case. Uh, improvement, uh, you know, expanded adoption of NMLS, improvement of NMLS is a component of Vision 2020, but Vision 2020 is much larger than that. I was uh, asked uh, up in that meeting, uh, you know, how much of this is about NMLS, the the recommendations that were released today, and I, I don't know the exact number, but it, it's maybe 30% NMLS and 70% everything else. So to run through and what that is, is one, yes, we were looking to develop a, a next generation technology platform. NMLS is a part of that, but also we're creating not just a licensing system, but a nationwide system of supervision that can be a platform for all non-depository lending or just a platform that states use uh, for all of their supervision. Uh, it, it was... Uh, to empower state regulators to better oversee non-banks through these platforms. Uh, It was to create a more seamless system of supervision so that we can do two things at once. It's rare you get these opportunities. And I think this is what we're finding with technology over and over again is that we can raise standards, but lower costs and points of friction through consistent adoption of technologies.
0: So, um, you put together this advisory panel. Um, you know, uh, Vision Twenty Twenty was announced. We wanted to make sure we got industry feedback. You know, there must have been some hesitation. You know, who, you know who's going to respond to this thing? How much? You know, how much response are we going to get? Who's going to be interested? Um, how did that turn out? Uh, so you you sent out this call and say, Hey, anybody who's interested in talking to your to your state regulator,
2: um, please sign up. What was the result of that? So I just described uh, this uh, when I was responding to a reporter's question as a, they were asking, how significant is this? This was a massive leap of faith by our board, by state supervisors, to your point uh, that uh, if you announce it, will they come? Uh, So that was one issue. Uh, Another was, if they come, we're opening ourselves up to A lot of criticism. We're actually inviting criticism of the state system and establishing expectations that we'll do something about it. Really a big leap of faith. Also on the industry side, and I think this came to will they come, is we were asking for a significant investment of time and energy to really identify the points, to get past the talking points about, you know, a patchwork quilt of supervision. And how do we prioritize areas of focus and change uh, to improve the state system. I was um, really uh, uh, pleasantly surprised by the significant re- response that we got from the industry. We had uh, 33, uh, 33 firms that uh, uh, applied. we had an application process and then agreed to serve on the, the panel and you know after a lot of discussion about how serious the commitment, they all stuck with that. Uh, we held our first meeting. So this has been going on uh, for uh, almost a year and a half. Uh, in late 2017, uh, we divided the the applicants, uh, the panel, into two subgroups uh, because they just sort of fit that way and they had distinct enough differences that it warranted that. So one on lending, one on payments. And then we had a smaller group uh, that uh, discussed uh, banking and innovation, and particularly community banking innovation. How can we um, uh, uh, facilitate an environment where community banks can partner with fintechs uh, to take advantage of uh, uh, the, the benefits of, of technology?
0: So we brought them all together, um, had lots of meetings. Some of them described them as, you know, uh, as as very frank and very direct meetings and that was really helpful for regulators or for the industry alike um 14 different recommendations uh, just off the top of your head w- w- which ones really stand out to you as as big uh or as as, as important ones you know to, to me i kept hearing people say clarity was what they were looking for in all the recommendations over and over and i heard clarity so um, anything regarding that or 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 a specific recommendation that you think is is really going to be a value adder uh
2: some of the consistent definitions, this isn't sexy, it doesn't get headlines, but consistent definitions uh, between and among the regulators, they may have laws uh, that look similar, um, but where they have the ability, just talking to each other and what they're trying to achieve and come up with a consistent way to interpret that. So, for instance, um, uh, for uh, money transmitters to protect uh, consumer funds, states require uh, a Capital equivalent um, uh, standards. So they're called permissible investments. That doesn't seem like a big thing, but it's a really big thing uh, in the industry and for multi state players. So, at a higher level, it's that willingness to come together, state regulators, now that we've created uh, this conversation and this prioritization among members uh, to tackle a handful of these issues is a really big deal. Um, the focus that it's brought to things that we're doing already, and we're going through this filter you know the vision twenty twenty filter of a more seamless system we've got our north star we have our goal, and we're talking to others about that is going to result in some significant changes in how the state system functions so there's specific things you know a willingness to 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 develop model law through c s b s uh is is an important thing we announced uh that, uh, these consistent standards, and platforms, technology platforms, that uh, um, leverage to our greatest ability that commitment to work together.
0: So we, we got uh, the industry talking about clarity and consistency. We have these recommendations. Um, we're adopting these recommendations. We had this great meeting with reporters. What's next? What are we doing to make sure that we get from, from recommendations to actions?
2: So the, uh, the states now own, and this was a part of that leap of faith, okay. and have embraced it, now own the next steps in the work. And we will be uh, continuing to talk to uh, the uh, fintech industry advi- advisory panel uh, participants, consumer groups, others uh, on the next steps, uh, one that's actually already uh, started, is a uh, one company one exam pilot project, and in January we launched this. So we identified a, a nationally operating money transmitter, and uh, the uh, the goal is instead of creating all the uniform standards and fifty states signing something, we said, all right, let's just try this and see what we can do and how that might bring the states together to have a consistent approach to a single exam in a year. Of one of these national players. So that's already launched. Uh, Within the week, uh, we will be um, seeking public input uh, into a model law. I mentioned uh, just a moment ago, a model law for money transmitters, so a model MSB law. Uh, So that's very near term. Uh, Next week is our annual NMLS users conference. And uh, we are um, uh, showing our... uh, uh, our state examination system, the progress we're making on that, and we've made significant progress uh, to regulators and industry. And, again, building this community around, and I'm borrowing from the from the language of technologists. So uh, we're creating the platform and pulling together the network, the network of regulators and network of industry around this platform. So this is, again, getting that feedback, you know, Again, borrowing from the world of technology, iterative process, pulling in all sorts of users. We're not just conceiving something at the front end, launching and saying, you know, here it is. It's a very different way of developing systems, uh, facilitating regulation and supervision and engaging uh, uh, effective parties. And the NMLS is, is featuring that and, and getting input on the SES. Uh, later this year, Uh, we will launch an online database and that will, again, this is one of the requests, uh, will contain um, state licensing guidance and 50 state surveys uh, targeted in areas that the uh, industry was particularly interested in. And uh, uh, then we're pushing throughout the year, and this is through our 2020 goal, but uh, uh, as you had mentioned, Uh, NMLS has been identified as a solution to a lot of issues, not just adoption, but adoption in a consistent way. Uh, So that's in the works. We've made a lot of progress. So we have all 50 states uh, uh, for mortgage. We're nearing that for money transmission. We're more close to half the states around consumer credit. And there's some other areas that uh, have been recommended like debt collection. So um, that's uh, throughout this year and and into next year that we're really going to be prioritized NMLS uh, adoption.
0: So you, you hear a lot about uh, communities built around companies and their consumers and around banks and their consumers. So what you're talking about is a community between the regulators and the companies, which is uh, really just fascinating.
2: Yeah, and it's it's a network that's between the regulators, the companies, the consumers. important part of NMLS is... Uh, and in and, and our vision, we have a consumer access portal uh, and, and, and expansion of that to facilitate uh, uh, consumer complaints is, is in our future as well. So it's all these interested parties and in creating that platform that facilitates that. And, uh, and it's also state to federal. This is a, a network that isn't just of the 50 states, but their federal interests here as well. And we're connecting with the CFPB, We connect with uh, the federal banking agencies, with law enforcement, so uh, lots of connections that this facilitates.
0: Yeah, and I I can't emphasize that enough. Uh, Not too long ago I was looking to buy a house and uh, found a guy, said he had a great rate, and, you know, um, most people don't realize you can just go to that consumer access portal and uh, look them up and make sure that they are licensed, that they're working in the right place, that you haven't seen any actions against them. It's really... um, It feels like a step that everyone should know to do when looking for a mortgage, but not everybody uh, is aware of. So it's a really cool thing.
2: Yeah, I think, you know, um, technology enables a lot of things, but uh, uh, something that we seek to preserve is accountability. There has to be a person behind everything. And that's one of the advantages of the state system is those people, those people are closer to the consumer. And I think with technology, we can make them even closer.
0: Bringing people together. Uh, thanks so much, John. I really appreciate you taking the time to chat with us. Uh, and I'm sure we will chat plenty of times in the future. Thank you, Matt. Thanks. One question that may still be lingering on your mind is what the fintech industry is thinking about after this whole process. After all, the OCC has been pushing for some time to create a federal fintech charter. Are fintech firms invested in the state system? Luckily, a reporter at our meeting asked just that question. Here's the exchange between that reporter and Andrea from PayPal.
1: How has this process, working with state regulators, influenced your thinking on do we stay state regulated? Do we go federal regulated? Uh, Has it changed of where you see your own future? I mean, as a, as a subgroup collectively, we had not you know, discussed that topic on point. But I, I, you know, speaking for PayPal, and you know, certainly with Rosemary, to just for for Western Union, but our optimism, right? And, and I think uh, I don't know if it was Mark or John who mentioned the 100 hours, right? Uh, that that industry has poured into this effort. I think that speaks a lot to our optimism around this process uh, and the harmonization effort and really optimistic that the states are going to help us get to to the next mile, right, of just optimizing the way in which uh, fintechs are regulated. And so, I mean, I think we've been clear up to this point. We are currently a part of the multi-state regulatory framework I think our effort uh, kind of uh, demonstrates that that's where our focus is at this point
0: in time. So there you have it. That's a wrap for our first ever Simply Stated. I know it was a long one. I promise I'll get better at this. Moving forward, we'll have interviews with commissioners, staff, and others on financial supervision and all sorts of financial news. If you'd like to subscribe, go to csbs.org, navigate to our newsroom, and subscribe yourself to our blogs. Soon, you'll also be able to find us on all your normal podcasting apps. Stick with us; we've got plenty more to come. This was simply stated.